With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Happy Friday, November 18th, and welcome to Not Gambling Advice, sponsored by Prize Picks. Use code Just Baseball or code Just Gridiron when you download for the best daily fantasy app, and you will get an instant deposit match up to $100. Gentlemen, if there's ever a week, it's this one. This is the week where I'll post on TikTok, I'll post on my Twitter, and you'll hear it on this podcast that if I don't go two and one, I will do whatever the top comment says type of weeks. I love these three picks. I haven't loved these three picks more than any week so far in the NFL season, and I don't say that lightly. I love these three, and we have two guys who bring us consistent winners, and by two guys, I mean one, because Javon has been serving us cake lately. But as I said last week, Javon never has two bad weeks in a row, and he had two bad weeks in a row. So guess what? This is the week of Javon, and Colby will not stop giving us winners. So I'm extremely excited to get into week 11 picks. And of course, at the end, we will go through props. I just want to get it straight into it because I'm very excited, gentlemen. First, how are you? Javon, how are you? Surviving. It's been a been a busy week, so I'm excited to, to sit down and talk some picks again this slate. Me too. I love the slate. I love the slate. Colby? Dude, I'm fired up. One, because... I'm always fired up when the Patriots play the Jets, but then the Patriots play four straight primetime games after this game. So it's going to be Patriots madness down the stretch here. I'm not going to let the Yankees signing IKF ruin my vibe. I'm not going to let that happen. You'll hear about that on the Just Baseball show. We're going to break that down of how annoying that is. But we're talking football here. Javon, I want to start with you. I want to start with your favorite pick. So get straight into it because I'm very excited. I love the board. Yeah, let's get straight into it. Um, going with the Bears-Falcons under, 49 wow. and a half. That's my favorite one of the week. And it's gross because, you know, these defenses really haven't shown anything, not just really over the last couple of weeks, but really all year, especially this Falcons defense. They're horrid. And this is a Bears offense who has seemingly turned the corner. Um, but this, this 49 and a half number is the same thing as like the 45 and a half number from the Chargers game last week, which was one of the few bets that I came through and hit. Um but this is a pretty key number, especially when it starts getting steamed up from 48, 48 and a half, 49, and they refuse to put it over that 50 mark. I, I paid a lot of attention to that, especially with these two defenses. Uh, but on kind of the football side of things as well, 
you got to think how what has been such a big part of this Bears offense being successful, and it's Justin Fields using his legs. And a lot of these are design plays, absolutely. And a lot of these have to do with the Bears offensive line being really, really bad. Um, and what what better matchup for the Bears to be Bears offensive line to be bad than against a Falcons defense defensive line that is bottom of the league in pressure rate. So it's more of like a, yes, he's going to have to use his legs or try to use his legs because that's how they succeed in this offense, but he's not going to have to as much. So I think that's going to lead to a lot of longer drives by the Bears and really on both sides. I mean, Mariota is going to do enough against this defense. I really don't believe in the Falcons offense on a consistent basis either, Um, but I think they're going to have to do something. And I don't want to take the Bears in this game because that's also one of the most public sides of the week, if not most lopsided distribution. So I think it's going to be a, a game that's a little slower. Are the defenses going to get stops at the end of drives? And as far as red zone efficiency goes, maybe. Um, but I think it's going to take a while for them to get there. So I'm with the under. What I will say is I kind of like this pick for a couple of reasons. When you're talking about money distribution, you're right. Everyone and their mother is all over the Bears. Now, could they win? Absolutely. Like I, It's hard to not lean Bears with how hot they've been. But at some point, Justin Fields... His averaging 150 yards on the ground has to come down a little bit. Um, and the the way to stop the Bears is to run the football, is to chew clock. And that's what I think that the Falcons are going to do. I think that's part of the reason why they're favored. And if you look at the Pickett Sports app, kind of see where the handle is, um, which is great too, because like on a lot of apps, and that's why you should download it. It's in the episode description. That's where you can track all of our plays as well, see um, where everyone on the app is putting their money. Right now, most of that money is on the over in terms of the tickets. Um, but the money is a little bit closer, which means you might see some sharper action, some bigger bets on that under. And I think it's a pretty solid play. Um, one, because of the X's and O's of the actual football game and where the money is. Colby, do you have any thoughts before you give us your favorite play? I don't really have any thoughts. Uh, I'm just going to add that you're right about um, the – Bears cannot stop the run here. The Falcons love running the football. I think that it's going to be chew clock on. Um, it is interesting, too, that almost all of the money is right now on Bears plus three, which seems like, oh, the Bears have been playing well. It seems really obvious. It just seems like one of those gritty games for the Falcons where they're just going to churn the football and win by four, and everybody's going to lose money. And the Falcons, their defense doesn't rate that well, but a lot of their games go under. It's weird. Yeah. Like their offense struggles in the red zone sometimes. They just can't put touchdowns on the board. So it's like the Falcons will be able to move the ball, but will they get in the end zone? And that's why I think the under is a very good play. Just kind of looking at like surface thing too, and we can t- get off of this in a second, but they the Falcons defense didn't look great against the Panthers on Thursday night football. They gave up 25 points and a, a Bears team total at 22 and a half for the way that this offense has been looking looks seems pretty free. Seems that's pretty also enticing. such a high total. Yeah. And I also, and I also, yeah, I mean, to that point as well, like, but also the reason why I don't put a lot of stock into the games, which actually helps in your favor, is that those are divisional games. Like anything can happen in those games that they just defy logic. So the fact that we just saw that against a Panthers team, but these two teams know each other. The Bears and the Falcons, they don't really know each other that well. They're not, you know, so I like to play a lot, the under. And Javon's going to come in with winners this week. I believe in him. I believe in him. If there are a few people I believe in, it's Mr. Javon. Colby? Oh, yeah. Appreciate the comments. Got you. Go ahead. 
All right, we got kind of a unique one here. We get a Bills-Browns game that was moved from Buffalo because of six feet of snow. We get an NFL game basically on a neutral field, which does not happen that often. Outside of the Super Bowl, when do we really get a neutral field, you know, action outside of maybe a hurricane, natural disaster, whatever it is. It's very rare. I am super excited about this game because we get to see one Josh Allen indoors. He doesn't never he never plays indoors, right? So the two times he has played indoors in the last two seasons, he's put up 31 points against the Rams in week one this season. And then he put up 31 points against the Saints last season. So if that doesn't already tell you where I'm at, I'm just going to tell you. It's over 49 and a half, right? When this game was in Buffalo, it opened at 40 and a half, maybe 41. I'm trying to remember the yeah, exact around 42 number. and then it went down. Yeah. Really low, right? Now it's opened back up at over 49 and a half. So, or at 49 and a half. I'm on the over. Um, Bills games are not going over this year, though. Two, seven, and one on the year. Browns games are, right? The Browns love giving up points. <laughs> They're giving up right now the second most points in the NFL per game, 26.4 points per game against. Um, but they're still scoring. The Browns are scoring 24 points per game. The Bills are scoring 28 points per game. Another reason I really like this pick is I actually do. I mean, there's a lot of sharp money coming in on the Browns plus seven and a half right now. Um, I'm not on the Browns plus seven and a half, but I think if people believe that the Browns are going to keep this game close, they're going to have to score points. I don't see the Browns defense stopping the bills right now, especially indoors. So I see this one going far over. I, I could see Josh Allen putting up another 31 points indoors and the Browns sticking, you know, it's somewhat close. Both of you are selling me Javon. If you, um, cause the bills are really good, right? Really good defense. They're awesome. Okay. Uh, what would you think their run defense rates on PFF? I know it's not the end all be all, but it gives us like a good estimate of kind of where they're at. Uh, I mean, I would say pretty middle of the pack is what I would think. I don't know. I'm not, not too tapped into them. Where are they at? 27th. Yeah. This is not a good run defense, especially lately. And you know the Browns are going to want to run the football. And while they'll run the football and that'll chew clock. A lot of play action. A lot of play action. I think the Browns are going to put up points here in like, what, are the Bills not going to put up points? Devin Singletary is going to run all over. Javon, I wanted to play Devin Singletary over rushing yards this week because the Browns on that same side have the worst rushing defense by PFF. Guess who's not available on prize picks? Any of them. Mr. Devin Singletary. Mr. Devin Singletary. I see Singletary. Oh, Singletary's up? 54 and a half. Yep. Add that to my card. That's what I will be doing. Man, I already locked in a two-piece, which I will tell you guys later, but I might have to lock in another two-piece with Mr. Devin Singletary because when I was looking, he wasn't up. Oh, over 54 and a half? Yeah. Yeah, we'll be doing that. Yeah, Pete, right before be you move on, though, I do want to say that um, right now on VSIN, you got 31% of the bets, 49% of the handle over on Pickett, of course. Um, you got 23% of the bets, but 47% of the money is coming in on that over. So the only the only thing that um, scares me a little bit about that is that this total has shifted so many times. So that could be tracking like different totals, right? Before, you know, people could have been betting on over 42 or over, you know, a lot of people came in on that under when they saw the snow and now it changed. So it's like that game in particular is the only game on the slate where it's hard to look at the money percentages because the game's so out of whack. But at the sure. same time, like I love your pick. Love it. I love your pick and I love the board. Okay. Go ahead, Javon. You have one thing to say? Oh, I was just going to say, I, I like it because the way I see this game happening, I think the Browns blitz them early. I think they, mm -hmm. they put up points to go up 7-0, even 14-0 maybe. And I think that while 
they'll try and get back into the game with the run game initially um, because that's probably where they can succeed. I think they're just going to let them sling it. And I know you're looking for that, that Allen passing yards, which is also up now at 275 and a half. I think he's going to be throwing a ton. I love that. Wow. We're rolling here, people. Let's continue to roll. Again, I don't have a favorite pick of the week. I just have three hammers that I'm all playing for a unit. Remember, just because I love them even more than other picks doesn't mean I change my unit size. Anything could happen in the NFL. But like I said, if I don't go at least two and one this week, I'll do whatever the top comment says on my TikTok. You can go follow it. At just Gridiron fans. Okay. Philadelphia Eagles are going into Indianapolis to play the Colts. Eagles are in trouble. In the NFL, teams that are so, so good always go through little bumps and bruises and end up losing a couple of games that don't make a lot of sense. We just saw it with the Buffalo Bills. We've seen it at points with the Kansas City Chiefs. And now the Philadelphia Eagles just lost their first game to the Commanders. Now, is this a complete bounce back spot where the Eagles just blow them out? It's it. They're minus seven. They're going to win by a ton. And you know what's awesome, Javon? You get to tease the Eagles down to minus one and a half. Man, that's free. Nope. Because the Colts are going to win this game outright. The Eagles have real problems stopping the run right now. They're 28th ranked in PFF grade in their rush defense. This defense does not look the same. And when I'm looking at this Colts team right now, yes, they beat the Raiders. And people are looking at that game and not really thinking of it as much of a win. I actually think it was a pretty solid win. If you look at the way these offensive line, especially graded on PFF, it was all their best games of the season. Um, new head coach, Jeff Saturday, and as Krabs like to call him, Jeff Sunday, because they did end up winning outright, he went back to what works. And what works with the Indianapolis Colts? It's running the football with Jonathan Taylor. It's putting Matt Ryan back in, even though not a lot of people like Matt Ryan, but he played pretty well, and he's much better than Sam Ellinger. This is a Colts team that at the beginning of the year, I was on their overwind total. Now, are they going to hit their overwind total? Probably not. But is this one of the games they win? I think they do. Now, I'm not crazy enough to take the money line, but at the same time, I'm not telling you not to sprinkle on the money line. But what I will say is I will be on Colts plus seven. I think that the Colts are going to control the line of scrimmage. I think they're going to run the ball, chew clock, and Jalen Hurts is going to be throwing a lot at the end of the game, and I think a turnover is in his future. So I will be going with the Colts plus seven. It is too many points. It is too many points. And I think the Eagles are going to go through a little bit of a slow patch here. Jordan Davis, their, uh, arguably their best defensive player, at least right now. He has been on the IR, and since then they have not been able to stop the run. I'm going with the Colts plus seven at home. It's too many points, gentlemen. Colby, it's too many points. It's way too many points, and the Eagles are actually giving up 4.7 yards per carry this year, which is in the bottom 10 of the league, and you would not expect that from this Eagles defense, which has been fantastic. The other huge thing here is that Jonathan Taylor is finally healthy. He was yep. not healthy at the beginning of this year. Last last week, 22 carries, 147 yards. I mean, just an insane week for him, and he's finally healthy. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. Give John, me a touchdown. Give me a touchdown. Give me a touchdown. What? What, Javon? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think it's it's a bunch of things, right? Because I was a person who did not think, like, I, I think Jordan Davis is fantastic, but I did not think that his absence would mean, like, the, what it has for this Eagles run defense. It's been a massive deal. We've seen him getting absolutely chunks since he's been out. 
um, by Damian Pierce, you know, last week by Robinson and Gibson. It's just, it's a big deal for them. Big deal in controlling the line of scrimmage and takes away one of their bigger strengths to the team. Um, and we're talking about a Colts team that looked, their offensive line looked fantastic. Like you said, they got back to what works for this team. And it's like, I hate to bet on like the narrative or say that it means more than it does, but Jeff Saturday is a, a locker room guy. And that team is after it's looked terribly abysmal, whatever you want to call it, um, both on the field and overall team morale, they, they look like a different team energy wise. And so I'm, I'm willing to back him here. I don't think it's the greatest position for the Eagles to be in, in a bounce back spot. So I'm hundred percent with you. We're seeing a decline. The Eagles did not blow out the Texans like everybody thought they would. Eagles then lost to the Commanders. And now they're going into Indianapolis against a team playing with nothing to lose. And an Eagles team kind of, not with everything to lose, but they feel it right now. And this is a pros-Joes game, as some people would say. We have much more of the actual bets on the Eagles, but we have more money on the Colts. That is on Pickett. That is on VEASAN. That is on draft, or that is on Action Network. That's everywhere you can find it. Eagles, a lot of bets coming in, people teasing them down, tons of money on Eagles' money line. North of 80% on most publications is on Eagles' money line. They are not winning this game. I don't think they're winning this game. A hot take, but I'm not crazy. I'm taking the plus seven, but I may be sprinkling. Javon, next pick. Next pick. All right. So, you know, interesting development right before we recorded this. So I'm going with the Texans here, but I personally, I, I really haven't decided which way I'm going to take it. So it's going to be one that I'm waiting, but I, I want the Texans. I want the points. I assume by the way that it's looking, it's going to go like right now it's sitting three pretty juice. So it's probably going to go to three and a half. Um, Derek Stingley just got ruled out, which is a, a pretty big deal. Um, so I might end up shifting to the team total, but I like both. Um, I mean, first of all, this team total, is sitting at 19 and a half, which is a super, super sweet spot. I have been a big <laughs> proponent of Texans team totals. And when they're sitting at 19 and a half or higher, they're four and this year or three and this year. And this could be the fourth. Um, so to see this, the way that this Texans offense has looked lately, especially in the red zone to see it this high is pretty interesting, but I've been looking at some of these, like the, obviously I think the line is really, really short in the game after coming, you know, the commanders coming off a huge win nationally televised game, handing the Eagles their first loss. One of the more understated trends historically is a team playing Monday night football and then going on the road next week, especially in a game with a spread this small. I mean, we've seen it play out. Nothing crazy trend-wise this year. I mean, two and three um, ATS for these teams. But one of those wins was the 49ers going to play the depleted Carolina Panthers. One of them was the Eagles against the early season Commanders. Those are the only two wins. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot going on with this. Um, so I think it's, a, especially as a person who's like played football and you're going on a travel day, shortened recovery week, it means more than I think people realize. Um, so I like to fade that part of it as well, but on the football side of things too, like the commanders, how did they find success Monday night? They forced the Eagles team with before last week, a, a plus 19 turnover differential into four takeaways or four turnovers. And as bad as this Texans offense is, they're just bad. They're not a team that's going to really hand the ball over. They're neutral. They have their zero turnover differential in the season, which is better than the commanders. Um, so, I mean, they just don't move the ball. They're not necessarily turning the ball over until late in the game when they're down chasing and they have Davis Mills, you know, throwing 50-yard passes to Nico Collins behind no offensive line. That's just – that's really the only time when they turn the ball over consistently. 
Um, so I think this is a game where the Texas could surprise them. It's a big letdown spot, especially going on the road, like I said, off of a huge Monday night win. I don't see why the spread should be any shorter than four and a half, five says to see that that three, three and a half. And even it got down to two and a half at some point, which I think is wild as is. Um, so to see that super interesting and I'll be all over that. Yeah, this one is such a tough one for me because, again, this was like my fourth favorite pick of the week. And the only reason I stayed off it is because I'm afraid the Texans are tanking and I'm afraid that this defense is so, so bad that even a commander's team on a short week still will be able to move the ball. And this is kind of against uh, sharp action um, because we do see um, some of that on the under. But I kind of like the over 41. I'm not going to play it, but I kind of like it because I do think that the commanders will score. But I think to your point about the Texans and that team total, I think they will be able to put up points too. So I kind of like the full game over, even though it's somewhat square. Javon, one last point on that, and then I'll move to Colby on his final thoughts. Yeah, so I mean, the the number of 19 and a half is interesting to me for a couple reasons, because the last time the last time it won against the Raiders where they eked out 20. That was four games ago, four weeks ago. Um, so to see it coming up, and you know, like the Texans offensive line is horrible. And again, this is a commander's team where the strength of their team is that defensive line and getting pressure and generating pressure. So why? Why? I don't know why this would be here. Um, I was a little worried initially about Chase Young potentially coming back and wrecking this game, and he's not going to be back, it looks like, this week. So Plus on that, but there's still a commander's defensive line that, like, on the surface, they should dominate the Texans, right? So why, you know, they haven't gotten over this in four games. It's really spotty since the beginning of the season. I don't know why. I mean, them to – I was looking just at, like, all the random props to f- try and find, like, something super weird and minus 215 for two touchdowns, two total Texans touchdowns. It, like, after the way this offense has looked, especially in the red zone, against a, a decent commander's red zone defense. It's weird. I like it. Colby. A wise man once said, do not comment on things that you have not researched or seen with your own eyes. And I don't think I've actually watched <laughs> a Texans game this year, so I'm not going to add anything to this. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Next pick. All right. I got a nice one here. Um, I know Pete, we're kind of aligned on two of our picks. So I'm going to give one that, you're not giving, but I really, really love, and I did love last weekend. I had the Chargers plus seven and a half um, on Sunday Night Football against the 49ers. That obviously hit. Um, was a sweat at the end. That was just Crazy. sweaty, sweaty, sweaty. But I love them plus five and a half this week. Uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen might both be back. They limited. They were limited in practice. I think at least one of them is back, um, which is huge. If you watch the Chargers last weekend or if you watch them for the past four or five weeks, they have not been able to throw the ball down the field at all. Um, DeAndre Carter being your wide receiver number one just does not work. It just doesn't, frankly. Um, so they're playing the Chiefs, right? 27 24 in week one against the Chiefs. They had that backdoor cover. Um, I think we had them actually, Pete. You gave that out. You gave out Chiefs plus three and a half in that game, week one. Um, and so here we are again. Chargers Chargers. plus three and a half. Chargers, yes. Yeah, and it covered by three and was amazing. Yeah, Justin Herbert broke his ribs, then threw a 40 yard dart. Probably the best throw I've ever seen. Yeah, the best throw I've ever seen. 
The Chargers are much like the Falcons, that they do not play boring football games. They're addicted to one-score games, down to the wire, right? The Chargers for years were with Phillip Rivers, where he had the ball with 60 seconds left, no timeouts. All right, go down the field and score. You might win, you might lose, but you're probably still going to cover, right? And I think that's the type of game we're going to see here. Another interesting tidbit here is Justin Herbert has thrown an interception in four straight games. And in six of his last eight games, which to me is pretty crazy for a player of his talent, obviously he does like to take shots and his wide receiver group has not been to the caliber that you would expect it to be. Um, But I think Herbert plays a pretty clean game here. The Chiefs haven't um, been ones to, to get too many turnovers this season. I think he plays a clean game and they come away, you know, at least losing by a field goal here. So um normally i put my sunday night football games out on picket and i usually wait till after the 1 p.m 4 p.m games to kind of see how i did during the game to see if i really want to hammer something but you know it just depends i just really want to like it i want to see all the information come in and the reason why i want to see all the information come in is i really want to make sure that mike williams or keenan allen is playing so i recommend downloading the picket sports app it's in our episode description um because that's where you'll see on my picks tracked and you'll get an alert immediately when i make it but Regardless, the reason why I want to wait so much is I've watched a lot of Chargers games this season. And it's not just because um, I bet on them occasionally, but I have a Super Bowl ticket on them. And I really like watching them play because I really think they're good. Now, are they going to win the Super Bowl? Definitely not. That's probably in the in the trash can. But maybe. Eh, regardless, the way the Chargers need Keenan Allen and Mike Williams cannot be understated. What they like to do on third down is get it to these big-time wide receivers. Without them, they have to check it down to Austin Eckler, and it's not going well. It's not producing first downs. So while wide receivers aren't the biggest need in terms of like when you're betting a spread, you know, most teams, it's not the biggest deal unless you got like Justin Jefferson for the Vikings who – we'll talk about in a minute, who is a little bit banged up. Like these big-time wide receivers, like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams don't fit that bill, but they do for the Chargers especially. And Chiefs-Chargers, it's always close. Like the Chargers almost seem too easy because the Chiefs were at home and they were minus three and a half, and we went with Chargers plus three and a half, and it hit. And now the Chargers are at home and it's plus five, and I think it's a lot to do with these injuries. So it's almost like I love the Chargers too much. It scares me, if that makes sense, right? Javon, where where are you out on this Chargers Chiefs game? You know, this is one where there's not just injuries. Like on one side, I think it's competing on both sides because I I don't know how to value the Chargers going into this game. Yes, they keep it close with these games and these Chiefs games, and really just all in general, like you were talking about. Um, but this is on the on the other side. I think Juju being out with that concussion is going to be a big part of that offense, not just as a target or wide receiver one, but in that run game too. He's one of the better blocking wide receivers in the game. Um, and I know that's a Chiefs team that doesn't really rely on the run game, but it's certainly a thing to be concerned about. Um, I mean, kind of off topic, but Kadarius Tony is a, a prop I certainly want to take when I see lines for that drop. But it's a it's a weird game. I, it's one with, like you said, the injury stuff. I want to wait until first kick of that game. Don't forget so, about McCole Hardman also. So it's like all yeah, the Chargers have the Chargers have the wide receiver issues, but now the Chiefs might have the wide receiver yeah. issues, which definitely like if if I see this line, like if they're playing and this line moves down to like four Chargers, I want it to move down. I want it to move down to a freaking field goal because that's where it should be, Colby. So here's why you need to grab it now. Wow. Right? Because this opened at plus six and a half. The thing is I, five is a dead number. Like five, I don't even care about. 
So it moved from plus six and a half, then to plus five and a half. I you can still grab it at plus five and a half on BetMGM right now, but I was seeing it at DraftKings, FanDuel, some other places. It was plus four and a half already. So like there's a point discrepancy in some books right now. So I think it you it really could move to plus four and a half, plus four. And there's a ton of money coming in on the Chargers. I want it to be moved down to plus three and a half. I want it. I want just, you want a grittier win. I want a grittier win. I want it but to you be could have plus five and a half today. All right, fine. I'll, I'll I'll stop. I'm in I'm in a mode right now where I'm seeing the board. I'm in a mode. Let's continue that. 2008, there was a housing crisis, ruined the American economy. But also in 2008, we got President Barack Obama. Amazing thing for America. In 2008, the last time the freaking Jets beat the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Are you kidding me? There are so many trends that even point to the Patriots in this matchup. You want to know how Bill Belichick is off a bye? You want to know how the Patriots are against the Jets historically? Please. We got a lot of public action here on the Jets, but at the same time, we've seen a lot, a lot of money pour in on the Pats. And what that does when this line was around three and all that Jets action came in, lined in budge. We saw a little bit of Patriots action, three and a half. Now I got it at three and I would take it all the way up to four and a half because I think the Patriots win this game by a touchdown or more. This is one of those games where I don't care where the money is. I came on this podcast when Crab said, I'm taking the Rams against the 49ers. And I said, please don't do that. The 49ers own us. It's the same thing except worse. The Patriots are 13-0 and in their last 13 games against the Jets. And it goes even farther back in Foxborough. The Jets have a great defense. They do. But the Patriots know how to play this defense. And you give me two weeks to prepare with Belichick, I could run you through all the trends. Also, the Jets, the reason this line isn't bigger, because you're probably wondering, Peter, if it's only three, isn't this a trap line? And I'd say, maybe and I'm willing to get freaking trapped because I don't think it is. The reason I think that it is low is because the Jets beat the Bills. Like, the Jets beat the Bills, everybody. That's awesome. Look at that. They beat the Bills. Well, the Bills are going through something right now. Give me the New England Patriots by three or more. If you have it at three and a half, sure. Sure, Javon. Patriots minus three. Yeah. Talk to me. I'm with you. So the, the interesting point, because, you know, like I, I like to not be on the same side as the public generally. And there's been a, a lot of Patriots money. But if you look at the money line distribution on, on Pickett, on VEASAN, wherever you look, it's a little different. It just seems that people are going straight for the Jets money line. There, there's no no messing around with the spread. So I think that tilts the numbers a little bit. So it's not as a not as big of a public money concern. But on, on the football side of things, too, like. I think this Jets defense is good. I will still stand on the fact that they're not a, a great team, not a not a good team, really. I just think they're too too flawed offensively. And not only like preparing to attack this defense from the Patriots side of things off a of bye, they they have two weeks to prepare for Zach Wilson. Like and I you could do it in two hours. So I, I really don't think the Jets can do anything offensively in this game. I don't see them scoring more than a touchdown. And for them to cover three and a half, it's not going to take too much from Mac Jones and Ramondre and everybody on that side. Colby Olsen 
is the sharpest Patriots better in the history of the country. I think he's 4-0 this week. The only reason I took the Bears against the Patriots that one week is I asked Colby, why aren't you on the Pats? And he said, you're right. So I took the Bears. And what did they win outright? And now where are you laying? And now where are you at, Colby? Yeah, I don't know if I'm 4-0. I might be actually 5-0 on the year. I think every time the Patriots win, I bet on them. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, but real quick before I uh, get into it, Pete, you did bring up, oh, what are the, what are the Patriots or what is Bill Belichick after a bye for his career, right? He's 15 and seven after a bye. He has lost two in a row off of a bye, which actually makes me love it even more. Like Bill's just going to bounce back here. I think uh, Javon really hit the nail on the head with uh, they could they could train for Zach Wilson in two hours. I think they're already looking ahead to, to Minnesota on Thanksgiving a little bit. Um, I don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah. Don't look ahead. Beat the hell out of the Jets. Colby, don't they need this win now? They're they trying do to need keep this win. They're the a game back of the Jets right now. Uh, it's a huge. It's a huge win. It would be a huge win. I don't think Bill is going to fuck around in this game. Um, this is just a classic. We're going to drive the ball down your throat, and you're just going to like it. And but again, I don't think this game is going to be won by the offense, right? The Jets defense is really that good, um, but it's just going to come down to the Patriots getting turnovers off of Zach Wilson. I think the last time they played the the Jets, there were like four different fumbles and the Jets recovered them every single time. And it was just, it was, it was madness, right? Um, let's hope the referees don't get involved this one. I remember the last time they played, um, there was a little referee madness, but yeah, Patriots win by a touchdown. I'll take them at this number against the Jets any day of the week. This is one of my official plays as well. So I'm right with you, Pete. I love the board. I love the board. Javon, next pick. Yeah, so I'm going with the Ravens. Minus 13, which is a... It's a lot I, of points. Like, on I paper, love it. I hate doing it because on, like, on paper, this is a very square thing to take. But uh, like you look at the splits and... They're a public dog on the Panther side, which is that always surprising. Works. Yeah, I mean that that always always plays, and maybe it's a little bit of them coming off of a win against the Falcons on prime time, so everybody saw it. Or maybe it's the fact that eight of the last ten double digit dogs in the NFL have covered, which I that is a, a spot that I'm willing to fade the Ravens to bounce back here and do. It just makes too much sense. I mean, this Ravens team is far and beyond better, and I don't just bet teams because they're better, but this is a team with. Baker Mayfield coming in this week, who, again, I don't want to just fade them because he's a very bad quarterback, but this team doesn't respond to Baker Mayfield. They don't play hard when Baker Mayfield's in the game. And this is a a Ravens team that's going to test you physically, and they're just not going to be up for the challenge. This is also a Panthers defense, 26 in the league, ranked rush defense, which is not going to work against the Ravens. Um, And, you know, the running attack, from at least from the running back perspective, has been pretty inconsistent, but they're just going to get gashed. They're not physical to hang or hang around with this team. And Ravens coming off of a bye as well. I think it really works. I know the Panthers are a little more rested, I guess, a couple of days coming off of prime time. But this is just a, a spot where I think that the Panthers come out here and just get destroyed. And it, it definitely helps having Baker out there. He's probably going to give the defense a touchdown. Um, it's just it's too much of a mismatch for me to not with them. How are they going to score? How are yeah. the Panthers going to score in this game? That's why I like the Ravens. I think the Panthers put up seven points. Yeah, Maybe. I think I think they put up a touchdown max, too. It, it's good. It's probably going to be a Baker Mayfield passing touchdown. But, <laughs> you know, other than that, the only touchdown he's going to be throwing is the other team. I think everybody's talking about this is just too many points. And I don't think it is too many points. I was on BTL with you guys, yeah. and um, people, I was people, like – It's yeah. just the big underdogs. I mean, the big the double-digit favorites have not been cashing, and people are very aware of that. 
Um, so like, I don't want to fade it just because that's the trend that's going on, but this is a matchup where I just don't think it makes sense for the Panthers to come in and be the play here. I agree. Colby. Yeah. If you look on picket right now, 41% of bets, 53% of the money is on the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens minus 13. So that looks pretty good to me. That's, that's a pretty good split. I definitely lean this way too. I don't want to lay anything with the Panthers if Baker Mayfield's taking the ball. Like, and if you tell me that Sam Darnold is getting in the game, sure. He's he's not going to be ready either. Like, I think what I genuinely think is going to happen is Baker is going to throw three interceptions in the first half, and then they're going to put in Sam Darnold and run the ball, and they only score seven points. Like, I just I genuinely don't think that the Panthers have a day, and I think Lamar Jackson is going to run all over this Panthers team. Like, when you see a division game that goes really really weird, and you see one team and like shouldn't the Panthers be you know they just beat the Falcons right like Falcons are good why are they plus 13 so easy no it's not that easy I think the Ravens win by 21 I think this is one of those classic blowout games the only reason I'm not on it is because I love these three too much kind of like the Texans like I could just be on them but I like to limit my my three favorites I give out three winners but definitely I am leaning leaning the Ravens good bet Javon Colby I absolutely love it. I, I don't see how the, again, I don't see how the Panthers are going to score this Baltimore defense has limited opponents to under 23 points in every one of their last five games. And they played some good teams. They played the bucks. They played the bills, even the giants, right? Browns and bucks like, and saints last week, 13 points. I don't see how the Panthers are going to score. I just Me don't neither. see it. Me neither. Go ahead. My last one is one of yours. Let's talk about it. So I'll I'll say it. You can you can give your spiel because I uh, I don't want to cut in on you. The Dallas Cowboys are about to annihilate the Minnesota Vikings. You know what you should do as a square better? You should tease the Vikings up to seven and a half, and you should tease down the Eagles, and you are losing both of those legs. The Dallas Cowboys are better in every single facet than the Minnesota Vikings. Her Cousins is at home, you'll tell me. And you know what I'll respond with? Check his trends at 4.25 p.m. Eastern. Check him. See how he does. I'll tell you. You don't have to even get out your calculators. He's 20 and 30 against the spread. It's 40%. It's a big yes, sample. He's, he's at, one, at 1 p.m. Yeah, he's good. But this ain't 1 p.m. This is basically a primetime game. This is as primetime as it gets unless you're at 8.20 p.m. That's not where you want to get Kirk Cousins. The Vikings are due for a loss here. They just beat the Bills. Everybody thinks they're amazing. Now they're a home underdog. Come on. You got to go with them. So why did the line move in terms of the Cowboys when the Vikings are getting all the money? Why? The book's just giving you that one? Free? I don't think so. Micah Parsons is going to be all over Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins has pressure on him. And he's in a primetime-ish slot. That doesn't seem like a recipe for success. Similar to the Eagles, I think the Vikings are about to go through a little bit of a spell. Remember, these all these NFL teams aren't perfect. Are they all going 15 and one? Are they all going 14 and two? No, they're going to be losses here. And this one feels like a Cowboys win, especially after that big loss to the Packers. There's a lot of things that they can improve on, but at the same time, Colby and I were on the Packers and we were we were looking at that game. And there was a lot of ways that the Cowboys could have won that game. And if the Cowboys win that game, I think this spread is at three. I think we're getting some value here. I think the Cowboys win by a touchdown or more. I think everybody's teasers get destroyed and Vegas comes to reap. And I want to be on their side. 
I want to be on the Cowboys side because I still think that the Cowboys in general are a better team. And I think the line is very telling that even at home on a neutral field, they're giving the Cowboys a four and a half point advantage because they are. I think they're a six point advantage. They are a better team than the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are due for a loss. Cowboys are going to run it down their throats. The Vikings, I know they're rated very, very, very high in rushing. That won't last. Pressure on Kirk Cousins. Cowboys move the ball. Cowboys win by three or more, and everybody's teasers get screwed, Colby. The Ezekiel Elliott injury might be the best thing that's ever happened to the Cowboys. Like, playing Tony Pollard every single snap is what they should have been doing from the start of this year, Um, and I hope it's what they continue to do. Obviously, Zeke might come back this week. Um, One thing that's crazy about this game is, if you look on VEASAN, right, um, right now, are you, MP, you're going minus one and a half, correct? Minus one and a half. Okay, I'm on the money line minus one twenty. Now it's at minus one twenty five. That's um, the thing. I just I think they're. I don't care. I want minus one ten. Yeah, whatever it is. Twenty five percent of the bets, thirty nine percent of the money is on the money line on Vsin, and then pretty similar on the spread. Thirty seven percent, forty nine percent of the money is on that minus one and a half. Then you go over to Pickett, which you would think right. It's not the biggest sample, but it is the more active betters. Right. Eighty seven percent of the money right now is on Dallas Moneyline. 50% is on the spread, but there is a fuck ton of money coming in on that Moneyline. People hammered it. Sharp, right. sharp, sharp I, groups hammered it. I hammered it on Wednesday, and I'm I'm loving it. But yeah, I absolutely, I don't think that's trap movement. I really don't think that's trap movement. Cowboys, Javon. But when we spoke on Behind the Lines, which you definitely should check out, Javon and Krabs host at 12.30 p.m. Eastern on Book of Twitch's sports um, on, their, on their Twitch channel. Javon is scared. Why are you scared? Yeah, I'm very scared because this is the game for me. Like, if we want to talk about it being a, a big trap, this is the obvious trap. And we saw it. I know you guys are, or at least Peter, you're not a big college football better, but this is very similar to a spot that we saw last week with TCU in Texas. Um, it's a very obvious trap spot that we see a lot of the square betters hopping on. And I think the picket thing is a little more of a reflection of that, that a lot more people are seeing this than I think you think. Um, so like I'm I'm not going to be on the Vikings, but I I would surely be scared to go against the the pretty obvious trap here. It's like I do think the Cowboys. He, he just called game. you square, by the way. Javon just That's called fine. Peter square. That's I just think it's I just think it's a it's a square sharp. You know, there's a fine line. There's I get a, it. There's a gray area because I do think the Cowboys are the better team, like at far. But this is also a Vikings team that has consistently been overvalued consistently been you know the other team against them has been in sharp spots pretty much every week and it's failed most of the time so i just think this is just what vegas thinks of the team so i'm not too not too you know jumping at the bit to go cowboys but i'm gonna stay off the vikings too but that's what i'm saying that's why i like it i don't think it's a trap i don't i think this is how they should be valued i think they're telling us something the Cowboys are a better team. I'm willing to go with the better team. That's that's what I'm saying here. I'm not saying it's like, oh my God, the Vikings should be minus four and the line is so weird that I'm going with the Cowboys. Kind of like similar to that well, Texans-Commanders game a little bit. I'm just like, the Cowboys are a much better team. They should be three-point favorites and they're one and a half. I'm getting a gift. See, that's the thing though. That's why I kind of view it how it is because like you, it, like you're not a square better in terms of like you just bet the better team and take the big lines or whatever. But if we go into behind the lines chat, what is the first thing we saw when we were talking about early lines this week? It was flooded with this Cowboys line is the weirdest NFL line I think I've ever seen. 
comment after comment after comment after comment, which can't say I was expecting them to be favored and jumping up in this game, but I think it's a very, like a lot of people have caught on. Respect to that. What I will say is it's not the entire world. In my world, I'm at my buddy's house last night and they're going through picks and this was their teaser. Vikings plus seven and a half, Chiefs minus one. They love it. It's got to be free, right? It's got to be free, right? So it's like in some circles, yes. But I would also say that the that the uh, that the guys that watch your stream a lot are catching on to the way you guys read lines too. Like I think recreational bettors who don't watch gambling shows, who put in their parlays, who put in their straight bets on Sunday morning and just like watch the NFL casually, a lot of those people will see Vikings as a dog. Sure. They don't like the Cowboys. Sure. So I think there's that split there. It's like whatever world you're in, you might see a different kind of thing. And in general, we are seeing if you take the totality of where tickets and stuff are, most of it is Vikings. And I'm talking about tickets, not exactly about money. And we've also seen that in the last two, three weeks, like some of the public wins some of these games. So it's like the money tickets percentages, it's getting a little bit grim. The Cowboys are a better team. I think the Vikings are due for a loss. This is what I'm going with. Love all three, and we're banging it. Colby, do you have any other like trends, stats, anything to add on top of this? Uh, yeah, I do want to give a shout-out um, to a Twitter account, Ben Baldwin, Computer Cowboy, really popular in the football space. But if you don't follow him, go give him a follow because he puts out amazing stats every single, pretty much every single day of the week. But he does put out these um, market-derived team tiers. Basically, it shows how many points a team would be favored against a league average opponent on a neutral field. And that's how he makes these tiers right now. The Cowboys would be favored by three and 3.8 points um, Vikings by two. So it actually does kind of make sense that this line is right around 1.5. Okay. Cowboys. Let's roll Javon. Let's talk some player prop time. Remember to use code just baseball or code just gridiron when you download for a full instant deposit match on prize picks. Um, more than likely I'm going to have a Devin Singletary, Jonathan Taylor over rushing yards, but I have two under rushing yards props that I want to talk about. Um, so I'll just start. Um, I'm going Miles Sanders under 63 and a half rushing yards. I don't think the Eagles are going to be rushing the ball that much because they're going to be throwing and they're going to be behind. Now, if you don't like that logic, I understand. But what I will tell you is that the rushing defense for the Colts is top 10 in the NFL. This is actually a pretty good rushing defense. And the and the um, the way to beat them is kind of through the air. Um, while they do have Stephon Gilmore and like he's a good corner, but that's kind of the way to beat the Indianapolis Colts. And that's what I think that the Eagles are going to do more often than not. Um, and Miles Sanders has looked really good lately, but he kind of goes through ups and downs and 63 and a half just seems a lot to me with split carries between all that backfield. So I'm going to go under 63 and a half with Miles Sanders. I don't think it's a very good matchup for him. Um, with how the game I think is going to go, it's very similar to the way I thought Aaron Jones wouldn't go over 60 and a half split carries the way they're going to be thrown when they're behind kind of what happened. That's what I see in this game. So I'm using that same logic where Aaron Jones had about 36 yards rushing. I don't think Miles Sanders eclipses 50. So I'm taking under 63 and a half, and I really, really like it, down to any number that it drops. It also opened at around 65 and a half. It is down to now 62 and a half in some books. So make sure that you get it on prize picks because the line is slightly moving down. Javon, favorite prop. 
Yeah, so I, I will be on Jonathan Taylor, but I know we're going to kind of take a different route than that, which I'll, I have another one that's on the same team that is kind of correlated with that, like Paris Campbell, over 36 and a half receiving yards. I just picked him up in fantasy. I need him. That's a, Yeah, it's a great pick because he is we, – we've seen now he's, he's one of Matt Ryan's favorite targets, right? He, for, for whatever reason, just does not like Michael Pittman. He doesn't target him, and <laughs> they run route trees that – more benefit Paris Campbell. And I think they specifically will in this game because how do you attack this Eagles defense? It's across the middle of the field, which those are the type of routes that they run them, especially with, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have a good game, which that's going to force them to bring the linebackers up a little bit. And that opens the middle of the field a little more. So he's been leading the Colts in, in target snare, target share, snap share, pretty much anything you want to look at. And we're talking about the receiving core. So I think 36 and a half is just too low. And I think another thing too, because I think it's it's targets mainly that I'm relying on. He's going to have the volume there as well as kind of the splash plays to get over that. Not that it requires much for 36 and a half, but a 36 and a half with a 11 fantasy score that they're hanging is it's pretty high. And yes, that could include the touchdown element, but I think that's that's more target-based than anything. So I think he's in plenty of room to get that number. I like that one a lot. 11 fantasy score. I saw that too, because when I was looking at... um. Um, because in one of my leagues, I'm freaking terrible. So I have one of the top waiver claims. Um, and Paris Campbell, I was like, whoa, he is. Whoa, look at that 11.2 projected fantasy score. Why? I know why. Because the Colts are winning this game outright, Javon. He's going to hit that fantasy. He's going to hit his yards. And I love that prop. Colby, what's up? What's going on? What's going on? I going on? started the show. I was like, where the hell are the Bills Browns props? And they appear in the middle of the show. So we're just rolling on the fly here. Josh Allen is what we're going with. Josh Allen over 275 and a half projected pass yards or more, whatever you want to call it. This game's going over. If the Bills put up more than 30 points, I would hope that the Bills or that Josh Allen would throw for 300 plus. He might throw for 400 in this game. I would take it at up to 300 yards. Like he's going over 300 yards here. Um, so no doubt about that one. That's That's my pitch. How can I hate that one? All right. Um, I am just pulling up my next one. Give me a second. Melvin Gordon. You guys think he's good? I do not. Stud. No. Melvin Gordon under 37 and a half rushing yards. Now, it's slightly square because he has gone under this in his last four out of the five games. He's really gone under this in four straight games. But there's a reason he's not getting here. They don't play him. They don't like him. And they are playing from behind in a lot of these games. And I kind of expect the Raiders to win this game outright. I hate the Broncos. They are terrible. They're always sharp and they always lose because they're not good at football and they don't use their good players. And Melvin Gordon is one of those guys where they're not using him and it's not malpractice. It's just that he seems to have lost a step here. And I don't think he goes over 37 and a half. The Raiders are actually in the upper half in rush defense. They're, they can stop the run a little bit. Like the Broncos get all this shine, right, for having a really good rushing defense. They're allowing 103 yards per game on the ground. You know what the Raiders are allowing? 106. Like, I think this is another game where Melvin Gordon goes under his rushing total, and maybe he bounces back and gets it later in the season. But I'm going to continue on this trend. Sometimes you have to, and I don't think it's because that Melvin Gordon is – like just getting robbed. I think he's just not getting over this because the Broncos don't use him. So I'm going under 37 and a half. 
the line has continued to be higher in previous weeks and it keeps dropping down and it really hasn't fully adjusted yet. I'm going to be on it again under 37 and a half. Any thoughts on that one, gentlemen, Javon? Yeah. I mean, I like it. I just, I'm obviously never against taking anything to fade any part of this Broncos offense. Cause they're just bad. They just don't not only like is usage the issue, but even when they try to have the right distribution of usage or do whatever they can, there's no production across the board. So I'm with that. Any other props you got? Yeah, I like my man. So first of all, like I I like Davis Mills, all of his props for some reason. Like whenever they're at this 19 and a half team total, all of his props across the board get bumped. And this is the same thing that's happened this week. He's got his fantasy score up. He's got his passing yards up. Not very high, but they're still getting bumped. Um, but I will say whenever I take it, I kind of usually just leave it to the side and be like, yeah, I'll just stick with the team total. He's got to produce anyway. Whenever I take it, kick. So not taking it this week, but I'm going to take Nico Collins this week. I'm going to take his over 40 and a half receiving yards because, again, most people don't watch the Texans. For some reason, I've become a, a Texan. You love Nico fan. Collins. <laughs> I love Nico Collins. I love, love Darnell Mooney. Love all the guys, you know? <laughs> and Brandon Cooks being back is huge because I, you know, from watching him play and, you know, the sentiment of everything that's happening too, he's going to be out there, but he's going to be, doing cardio because he doesn't want to be there, but he's still going to draw a lot of attention from that Washington secondary. And Nico Collins is the guy like Washington plays a lot of zone defense. He's one of the best uh, wide receivers in the NFL at attacking zone coverages. So he's going to be able to sit in that zone. He has been the guy that's gotten a majority of the targets, even with Brandon cooks being a part of that offense. And it's going to continue. He's really good. He is a receiver. He's really good at using his body. And a lot of this Washington secondary is also a little undersized. So he has a great matchup for 40 over 40 and a half receiving yards. And obviously like I, I think they're going to do great things offensively in this game too. So I, I like him to go over that. Colby last prop. I, I like, I have nothing else to say. I think he broke it down beautifully and I'll probably be on it. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick before I get into that, you uh, brought Melvin Gordon. I'm just glad we didn't talk about Russ for like the fifth week in a row. I feel like we've been talking about Broncos and Russ for too long. So did you see the um, meme I posted? Um, about Russell Wilson the backwards helmet. I just burst out laughing when I found that on Twitter. That was the funniest shit ever. It's just him with his helmet turned around. Hey, he can't see. He can't see. He's blinded. I he's Mister Mister uh, No Limits or whatever. I don't care. Right. I don't care if he's the sharpest bet in the world for the rest of the season. I I can't. Javon banned. banned. Uh, he's like the White Sox. Yeah. All right, I'm going to bring yeah. up two suspect lines first, and then I'll get in my pick because I do want to chat about two things real quick. Uh, DJ Moore sitting out there at 52 and a half yards. Um, I don't like him at all, especially with Baker at quarterback. It feels like Baker just ignores him, but he has gone over that total with Baker a couple times this year. Um, well, hasn't been involved the last few weeks. I really like that under or less than 52 and a half. I'm not going to play it officially, but I do like it. Another suspect line here, Kadarius Tony. Right. We talked about Michael Hardman, Juju being out. He's at 50 and a half, which to me is basically like free money if you take the the more there. Right. It makes me like the less. Can we trust Kadarius Tony yet? Like, do you really see? I was going to be like 50 and a half is almost so high that it's like go with yeah, the over. Yeah. But like, who else are they going to throw to besides Kelsey? Exactly. Go with the over. That's high for a reason. That's way higher than I've ever seen it. Yeah, well, clearly. I mean, the only time he's, yeah, he hasn't gone over this with the Chiefs. I mean, even with 
that oh, he did last week. in the Jags game after everybody was out. So like, I think the line is, is high to kind of reflect that. So I'm okay with going with that over. Me too. Are we Don't on go that? With the under there? Just, I'm not taking it. I just want to bring it up. Yeah. I would go with the over there. Um, the play I actually am on my second prop here is Michael Carter, more than 13 and a half receiving yards. Um, obviously we're on the Patriots, but Patriots get to the quarterback. Zach Wilson's going to be seeing ghosts and he's going to have no one to throw to downfield except for Michael Carter out of the backfield. And um, Michael Carter does go over this total pretty much anytime he gets more than one reception. So if he gets two receptions in this game, I'm pretty confident that he'll uh, go over 13 and a half. Gentlemen, I think we killed this. I think we killed this. Go one time around. I'm on the Cowboys minus one and a half. I am on the Colts plus seven. And I'm on the Patriots minus three. Javon. Oh, also, I like Melvin Gordon under 37 and a half rushing yards. And I like Miles Sanders under 63 and a half rushing yards. Javon and then Colby. And we'll say goodbye. Yeah. Give me Bears Falcons under 49 and a half. Give me the Ravens minus 13. Give me Texans if it gets to plus three and a half, plus three and a half. If not, the team total over 19 and a half. Then two that I two props that I like Paris Campbell over 36 and a half receiving yards and Nico Collins over 40 and a half receiving yards. That feels like we just went 10 and now. Colby. What's going on? I'm along with Pete. Patriots minus three, three and a half, where you can get it. Cowboys money line. I'm not on the minus one and a half, but I like that just as much. Um, Bills Browns over 49 and a half is my favorite play of the day. And then I'm on Chargers plus five and a half. Props, I really like Josh Allen over 275 and a half. He's going to go over 300. Uh, Michael Carter, more than 13 and a half receiving yards. And I, you're you're selling me on Darius Tony more than 50 and a half. I, I'm probably going to play that as well. So make sure, download the Pickett Sports app. You can find that in our episode description. You can track all of our plays. And most likely, I'm going to have a Sunday night play that I'll be putting on the Pickett Sports app. You'll get an alert as soon as I press it. Also, yeah, make Pete, sure to say your username. We'll all say our user's name. Yeah, so you can at, follow Peter, us. at PeterApple23. Um, that's my username. Javon, what's yours? It's a great question. At, at I'm Javon at Javon Deeb. I'm at Colby Olson. So really straightforward. Find us there. You can get alerts to when we're all posting our plays and winners. and make sure and make sure to sync your sports book too. You want to track your plays. The great thing is they give you the best team that you're good at. Um, you can track on the calendar how you're doing units wise, track your record, all that kind of stuff to see what you're good at, what you need to improve on. So make sure you sync your sports book too. Um, and then also, of course, download prize picks. Use code just baseball or code just grid iron in order to get a full 100 percent deposit match to play these props. Gentlemen, thank you. We're ready for week 11. Again, if I don't go at least 2-1 on my picks, I will do whatever the top comment says on TikTok. I cannot wait. Within reason. The first comment I posted on my Twitter, and people are like, you got to jump with the Hudson River. Like, I'll die if I do that. <laughs> Have you seen the Hudson River? I'm not going to do that. If I'll die. Within reason. Wait, Be creative. Don't have me die. I want to make week 12 picks, please. But I won't have to jump in the Hudson River because I'm going two, two and one at least. But we still have to remember that none of this was gambling advice.